Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Well, let me tell you about Goal Zero. Goal Zero is the leader in affordable generators and home backup systems. They offer a simple, easy solution for when the power blackouts hit, and they're coming this summer. So you can keep your home up and running using clean energy. Their systems power critical circuits in your home, like the freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more, with clean power. No fuel, no fumes, no noise, and no maintenance, unlike gas generators. Not to mention Goal Zero is portable so you can take the power on the go as needed for camping, tailgating, and more. They offer a range of products and affordable price points to meet your needs. From power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that can keep you powered for one, two, or even three days. You can easily monitor and manage your power right from your phone with the Goal Zero app. They offer best-in-class service with a U.S.-based service team that provides the highest level of technical and customer support. It's Goal Zero, right, Gary? Make sure your power stays on with Goal Zero. Learn more at GoalZero.com. Check out their affordable power stations, solar generators, and home backup systems today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everybody. Well, Mara, I was actually just watching Bold and Beautiful before we came here to do this podcast. And it was like these amazing scenes with Brooke and Ridge. And I was really marveling about how there has been this secret of the custody case and Bill and Ridge and like Ridge bribing the judge. And you think like, oh, my God, it's going to last and it's going to play out forever. And right. like, boom, no, like a week <laughs> later, like Brooke already knows the truth. But I have to tell you, like, I'm way into that. And... I'm really like, I'm so much more about how the scenes are going to play out now than really the secret element of it. Mm-hmm. But I kind of started thinking about how it's kind of, you know, unique in a sense to yeah. soap storytelling that a story or secret was blown so quickly. And then I kind of thought, like, is that just because I'm that kind of viewer? Like, are you that kind of viewer? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I think like certainly there are so many like legendary soap stories that took, you know, where there was a secret that took 15 years to, you know, find out the truth about or whatever. And I, I, you know, we don't really see that 
maybe we more see ones that feel like they take 15 years. <laughs> um, you know, but secrets are so key to soap storytelling. And I feel I feel like there are two kinds. There's there's the kinds where the audience is in on it. Um, and we're just like waiting for the characters to, to figure it out. And then there are the ones where we, the viewers are left in suspense about, you know, who the killer is or what have you. And, um, I think generally speaking, that's my preference. I actually find it like kind of boring a lot of the time to wait for the characters to catch up to something that I already know and that's already been revealed and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, how do you feel? Well, you know, it's interesting because right now in Days, the audience knows that Gabby is gaslighting Abigail. Right. But nobody else does. Although Abigail, of course, is like getting wise to it. But I'm getting so many emails from fans who are upset watching it because they want Abigail to find out the truth and they are so mad at Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> like they are just like flipping out from kind of the way she's behaving. And, you know, you have to wonder if it had been played where we only saw the end result of things like... Abby had woken up as Gabby with the wig in the Kiriak expansion, but we didn't really know how she got there. Would there be a different response to the story? You know, I don't know. I kind of, for me, I'm enjoying watching Gabby's journey. And I like the fact that Abby is kind of like, hey, I'm not crazy. She's doing this to me. And because it just creates like a different element in there. So I don't know. I kind of could go either way. Yeah. You know, on General Hospital right now, the audience knows uh, that Ryan is posing as Kevin. Um, to be clear, it is my favorite story right now. I, I think it's my favorite story right now, too. Um, and I think they're doing a great job of still making it entertaining, even though, you know, the rest of the characters are in the dark. Although I have to say, you know, I think you made an important point, which is that Abigail is kind of determined to, like, prove her sanity. I'm worried that, like, Laura is going to, like, look stupid if she doesn't, like, figure out what's going on, you know? Like, I, I, I'm not into that. But, you know, I do wonder, like, I'm enjoying John Lindstrom's performance so much playing this under-wraps Ryan living Kevin's life. Um, I think he's just been absolutely fabulous. But I, like, I wonder if I'm going to still feel that way six months down the line. And I'm not saying that's the timetable that GH is working with, but if it was. You know, it's funny. Uh, I feel the the part of it that has been okay for me with vis-a-vis -vis like Laura and Ryan and her not knowing that it's Ryan is that they really have not like put them into bed. You know, they haven't gotten intimate because that's the part that I am always so crazy for. From. Sure. Like when they have people having sex or like kissing someone who is not their mate and they don't know. And I'm like, okay, okay. you had me, you lost me. And to piggyback on that, <laughs> you know, when like you're, you know, the love of your life comes back with like amnesia and a different face and you take them to bed and you like don't recognize like the, the, their body parts. That's another sticking point for me. Um, every show I feel like has been guilty of that at some point or another. For sure. Um, but but anyway, you know, uh, Y&R just brought one of its huge stories to a close with the reveal uh, that, that Ashley – um, had been setting Jack up to think that he wasn't a biological abbot, but he actually is. And that it had been, you know, her scheming all along to get revenge on Jack by making him think that John wasn't his dad. So that's an example of a story being told where it is designed to kind of evoke a gasp from the audience when we get to the end. Um, as opposed to, as I was saying, you know, like, uh, we we saw Ashley plotting all along and it was just kind of maybe getting a little dull waiting for Jack to figure it out. But I have seen some mixed reactions from fans about that, like... How much of a game changer is it really, which we were led to believe that it would be for the character of Jack to sort of wrap things up with a like, just kidding, John is your dad. Well, I have to wonder because I do not know if that storyline was altered in any way with Eileen Davidson's departure. But, 
you know, regardless, I did have a gasp moment when we found out. I thought it was awesome. You know, you took Jack, who has defined himself by being an abbot for all of these years, and you put him on such unsure footing, you know, over the past few months, you know, it roped in Dina's Alzheimer's, it was Kyle and his machinations against Billy, and then you had Tracy taking the CEO seat, something I never could have predicted six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I feel the payoff, which were those amazing scenes that just aired between Eileen and Peter Bergman, really made it all worth it to me. I mean, the chair going through the window, mm-hmm. count me in. Um, you know, for me, I think it will be worth it if we don't just go back to the status quo with Jack. If this experience creates a shift in how Jack relates to himself, how he relates to his family members, how he relates to the world. You know, I like stories that have that lingering resonance on some sort of psychological and emotional level and create change in characters as opposed to, you know, ones that wrap up with such a neat bow where you feel like it's like a snap of the fingers onto the next story. And, you know, what just came before doesn't have any real impact. Well, we'll see what happens. I feel there's a lot of opportunity here for the character of Jack to still develop and for Peter to have so much more to play. Um, You know, but back to B&B, you have to wonder if the show cycles through stories quicker because it's only a half an hour. You know, it's a very different experience, I feel, when I watch it. So in a way, I really don't mind that we're not waiting too long for stories to play out. Yeah, I also think because it's a smaller cast, they tell fewer stories Uh, at a given time. So I think there's more of an onus on the show to keep the ones that they are telling kind of moving. You know, General Hospital's cast, by by contrast, is so large that you can sometimes go two or three weeks without checking in on characters in a particular story. I don't know that B&B could as easily get away with that. You know, but they do in a way because, you know, we saw for weeks they were playing the Emma Zander Zoe story over the summer, and then you didn't really see a lot of, let's say, Wyatt and Sally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now they're really focused on this Bill custody story. So then those characters are a little moved to the back. So I do feel they do tend to tell, like, maybe one really big story, and then there's a secondary story, and then the other characters you don't see for a while, but then they come back. And that's another thing that they do really well there. They just sort of, like, cycle everybody in. And... um that's why every day I'm sort of like, oh, this is just perfect 18 minutes. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. I do, you know, I do think if B&B was telling a baby switch story, for example, that would be sort of the biggest game in town. General Hospital has one of those underway, and I certainly feel like that it's going to, that's going to be a hot minute, you know, before Michael or any of the other affected parties knows the truth about baby Wiley's identity. But I will say, I think that's an instance where us having seen Nell give Brad the baby uh, as an audience member you know, I understand why Brad looks sick to, sick to his stomach 90% of the time that we see him, you know, and I haven't tired of that. Um, so I think that has helped to set the stage for our anticipation, uh, you know, for that reveal whenever it does come. You know, Baby Switch story to me should take a really long time. You know, you look at the Sammy Nicole, the whole Sidnapping, that story, that was like almost two years, I think, of on-screen storytelling, if not more. And I kind of feel that those stories lend themselves to just a a much longer pace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, Well, speaking of General Hospital, our guest today is one of its newest cast members. It is Elizabeth Hendrickson, who plays Margot. So let's get her on the phone and hear about her Port Charles experience so far. Hi, Liz. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we are going to start back at the beginning of your daytime career, um, which was All My Children. So mm-hmm. on your very first day there, you worked with Susan Lucci, which not intimidating or anything. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> what do you remember <laughs> about that? 
Um, I remember being utterly petrified. I was also, not only was my first day with Susan Lucci, but she ran me over with a car. <laughs> before, before you got to set, a little known fact. <laughs> In the parking lot. Uh, she, she ran Frankie over, she ran her over with a car. And, um, and I just remember... You know, getting to set, never, I had just been on, I had only had one acting job before that. Um, So this really was my first experience, especially like in a studio and shooting the way that, you know, soap shoot, you know, multi-camera, just kind of doing it once. and, um, And I remember not having my script and, um, everyone else always had their scripts. And I was, I just remember saying there being like, Oh God, I'm doing all of this wrong. Like this is all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm with, you know, this, the, the most popular, you know, iconic um, actress in daytime. And I look like an idiot. Um, and of course, Susan was lovely and amazing and gracious and, um, and I really fell in, I really fell in love with, uh, with the medium on that day. Cause I, I really never thought that that was something that I was interested in doing. Um, I just didn't think I, I, I never watched soap operas. It was never my thing. I, I really had never I mean, I, I knew of Susan Lucci, but it's not like, because who didn't, but I didn't grow up watching soaps. I was more of a game show kind of kid when I was home from sick. I would watch like The Price is Right and Supermarket Sweep and things like that. So, <laughs> One of my all-time favorite shows. Sweep? I mean, why? I really think we need to bring back Supermarket Sweep and it could be like the Amazon version. I don't know. <laughs> like mix it with Survivor? We, right, we're going to have like, a follow-up yeah, conversation sur- about this because yeah. we just became millionaires. <laughs> I know. Oh God, I knew I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> trademark, trademarked. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> now, um, I covered all my children when uh, you were on the show. So I've, I've known yeah. you for a long while. And I remember you yes. having such a, a lovely bond with so many of the people that you worked with on that show. Who who was like your AMC crew at the end of the day? The AMC crew was Eden Regal, of course. Uh, Rebecca Buddig was like a big sister to me. Alicia Minshew. Um, Camry Matheson. And... Um, and Jeff um, Branson. Uh, that I would say were those were my homies for sure. And I feel like you're still in pretty good touch with most of those folks, if not all of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, at this point, everyone's they're all married and have babies, and we're all kind of spread out throughout Los Angeles. But um, we definitely, you know, thanks to social media, you kind of keep up on everyone's lives and get to say little hellos and comment. And then when we run into each other, whether it's through mutual friends or events, it's just always like a great love fest. I always love seeing, I always love seeing them out and about. Well, after all my children, you landed on Young and the Restless and you spent many years in the role of Chloe, uh, racking up like a zillion Emmy nominations along the way, not to mention. Um, So what stands out to you when you look back on your Y&R run? You know, my Y&R run, 
um, really came of a surprise to me because I remember I, I had been here for a couple of years and um, I was really loving LA and things were, I was kind of at that point where I was like really just making my rounds and like, you know, I was testing a bunch and so close to all these like great primetime gigs for like pilots and things like that. And then all of a sudden the, um, the writer's strike happened and the business just came to like a screeching halt. And, um, and I just tried to keep myself, you know, busy as possible. And, um, I had signed on to doing a, uh, one act and Greg Rickart was played my love interest. And, Barbara Bloom, who is the head of daytime, CBS Daytime, um, uh, was there. And the next thing I know, I had a meeting and then I was really only supposed to be there for a few episodes. And I really wasn't sure if I wanted to go back to daytime. Um, not for any, just for any other reason, just because I had just moved out to LA and I felt like I was really like starting to get my feet wet and I was like, well, I'll definitely do several episodes. Why not? You can't get a job in this town right now with the, with the writer's strike. And I realized that first week, it was almost the same feeling that I had when I was on all my children that I really did love the medium. And I loved being able to, you know, create a character. I've been really lucky that kind of get handed these characters that kind of have these just like blank blank pages if you will like they they really have never been contract even Margot is not was not a contract it's not a contract you know car- uh player so they kind of really don't know they're kind of just like constantly developing the character as it goes and with Chloe I really got to do what I got to do with Frankie was really like create her and I just loved everyone that worked there and it just kind of felt like home again. And I realized I really just, I don't know if it's because I'm a cancer and I like being in like my little shell and like (laughs) my one place, but, um, there's a a sense about, uh, it's like, it's like being a part of a theater troupe and being with those people every day and, um, and having those relationships, which really help you're, you really become that character, you know, you get to just, as, as you grow, you grow, your character grows. And, um, and I really, and I, I really loved it there. It was, uh, it was, it was a great, I think I was there for eight years on and off. That's really amazing, especially for what you're saying was the genesis of the character. Um, you know, how did you feel about her exit? Which one? <laughs> the most recent one, the, the, the quote unquote permanent um, one. I mean, to be honest, I, 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 I really did not like that exit. It was, um, it was not only a surprise to me, but I, I, I didn't really love the way that I didn't mind leaving, but then kind of when they brought her back to do this kind of pretended that she was dead ghost soapy stuff and then and then to kind of take Greg along with me just it just didn't feel right I didn't I really I mean being completely honest it was not it was definitely not my favorite exit but you know I'm at least I wasn't you know she wasn't killed she wasn't I didn't you know have her you know it, it wasn't some awful you know death or anything like that and 
behead her, but, um, <laughs> but it was, <laughs> have her beheaded, but, uh, but it definitely wasn't my, my favorite, my favorite goodbye. You know, at least you got to cross off attending your own funeral, you know, off your soap opera <laughs> bucket true. list that I imagine you have. You've, you know, you've done twins. Now you've done that. It's great. You know, I, I, that you almost took the words right out of my mouth. I remember, I remember when I was shooting and I was like, well, now I've done every soap cliche in the book. I've, I've died and came back as my twin sister. Well, I even had a better one. I was a lesbian who died and who, who was killed by her aunt, who was killed by her aunt Hitman, who died and came back as her heterosexual twin sister. Um, who? then wasn't quite so heterosexual. Yeah, then wasn't and then turned bisexual. <laughs> um, so that was definitely, uh, yes, check off the soap opera bucket list, if you will. And I have to say, you know, that story did put you in such a, a close proximity and realm with Eric Braden. So I feel like you also have this like working with legends thing going on. I know, you know, I really realized that especially right now because I'm working so much with Maurice um and and Laura and I you know when I came here I was like I'm really lucky I just I get to work with like the best of the best and it it's funny because sometimes I feel I get caught up in the in the more <laughs> I feel like I got like caught like especially I was working with Laura last week and she's doing all oh, or a couple weeks ago it actually just aired uh, we were in the cemetery and she's like going after me and I'm just like watching her, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh God, wait, no, I'm acting, I'm acting, respond, act, <laughs> you know, and it's crazy when you work with, you know, cause I've, I've like, I, even though I said I didn't watch soap operas way back when, when I, I mean, I've been in daytime for 10 plus years now, obviously I do watch and um, General Hospital. I've always loved the actors so much. I think that the actors are incredible on this show. And um, I, whenever I'm watching Emmy reels, I'm always just like drooling over, um, over Laura and um, and and even Maurice. And then when you get to work with them, it's just it's kind of like you end up being like an out of body experience. You like want to watch them. Well, maybe they're saying that about you. Well, that's very sweet. Um, so we definitely want to get into some of your uh, your new and uh, returning, I would say, co-stars from General Hospital. But I, I, I have to tell you, I was, um, I was reading the interview that we did with you for the section that we do every year with all of the people who are Emmy nominated. And mm-hmm. I'm reading along, you know, how'd you find out and... All of a sudden, I find out that you found out while at lunch with Jimmy Buffett, which is oh. <laughs> pretty, uh, you know, it, it, it leaped out at me a little bit, shall we say. Yeah. So can you, can you give me the backstory on this? I know. It's just like, I just like threw it in there. Hey, I was at lunch with Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, casual. <laughs> uh, my, bo- my, my boyfriend works for him. Um, he, he's been working for him for eight years. He does all of his social media and... Um, and some other things, but, uh, he's very close with him. He's on the, he's actually on the road with him right now. He's with him all the time. And, um, thankfully I've, you know, I've become a, you know, friendly with, with the family. And, uh, I just happen to be having 
lunch with him that day. We were, we were in Florida. His daughter was getting married and we went out a couple days to go hang out. And, um, yeah, we were just having lunch and that's when I got the text message and I kind of like whispered over because I, Oh, I got it. Actually, I got a text message, but it was on, it came up on my iWatch and I just looked down, you know, cause I'm at lunch. I'm not going to be looking at my phone and being rude. And, uh, so I just like glanced down at my watch and, you know, we're different times. Like I, I just forgot that it was happening that day. And I had this text message from my mother of come up on my iWatch and it was like, congratulations. I can't believe you got nominated again. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And my boyfriend kind of looked at me. I was like, I just got nominated. And and then my boyfriend announced it. I was trying to be pretty <laughs> low key about it. And then my boyfriend announced it. And then Jimmy was all excited. And you know, everyone cheers me at the table. It was it was kind of sweet. That's really sweet. Plus, it's, plus it's like Jimmy Buffett. So I want to be like, yeah, man. You know. I'm kind of cool. Right. <laughs> I don't want to brag. I don't know what you've accomplished lately, but I racked up yeah, an Emmy nomination. Like, you know. <laughs> Another one. Um, now let's talk about sort of how about your road to GH. So when you were done with Y&R, did you think you were done with daytime or were you looking to do other things? Like what, what was your vibe when you left? You know, I've learned with daytime is I, I never say never that I'm <laughs> Because anytime I've said I'm never going back, I end up going back. Um, <laughs> so I've learned never say never. Um, and I, I mean, I've always been open to the idea of General Hospital. There was right when I think the first time I left uh, YNR, I saw Frank at an after party and he was like, hey, you ever want to come over here? And I was like, I just left. I'm not ready yet. Um, and that was years ago. And then, um, it kind of came up the weekend of the Emmys and I really wasn't sure. And I, they were, they really, they wanted me to like come in like the day before the Emmys. And I was like, I'm like in the middle of getting ready right now. I, I, I was like, I'm actually more concerned about, um, getting my hair done and my makeup. I really don't want to, I really you don't want to lines right now. <laughs> Um, my mom was in town. I was like, this is just great timing. And then, um, and then they wanted me to come in the day after the Emmys. And I was like, well, that's even worse timing. Cause now I've lost, I look exhausted. I've been up all night drinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm not coming in for a read like now. I should have gone in on Friday. And then, um, and I guess they still hadn't cast the role and then Frank called the day before and was like please just come over and do this and I was like ah, okay and I was, yeah I was like okay I just I've I've I haven't read the sides I've never played a district attorney um well I'm I'm very uh impressed that you think that I can do this so I'm gonna <laughs> give it a shot okay and um it was the scariest thing I've ever done because I didn't get those sides until seven o'clock that night and I had to be there at seven o'clock the next morning and my first scenes were you know in the courtroom and it was by far I think it was that I think I was actually more scared that that day than I was the day I worked with Susan Lucci wow yeah, I like I literally wanted to vomit. I've never ever felt like that before in my entire life. Even even watching back my very first the very first thing I say to um 
like my first line that I even utter, I like my, I trip over my mouth. They didn't even shoot it again. <laughs> and I, I, I was, that's how petrified I was. I watched it with my boyfriend. My boyfriend was like, baby, you look like you were drinking before you walked. He's like, like, he like, you look like the drunk DA. And I was like, oh my God, I know. I was like, well, it can only go up from here. You know, it can only Good go attitude. up from here. Oh, that's hilarious. So uh, we had Tamara Braun on the podcast and we brought this up with her, but uh, the All My Children fans among us really got a, a kick out of the scene where uh, you and Tamara Braun, who of course plays Kim on the show, but mm-hmm. was Reese on All My Children, and William mm-hmm. DeVry, who plays Julian on General Hospital, but was Michael Cambias on All My yes. Children, all had a run in. What was your Pine Valley-esque experience with, with that whole scene? I don't know if she told you this, but what we wanted, I, we were all sitting there and we loved that we were all in the scene together at the corner of the bar. And I said, guys, we need to do a picture of um, Screw, Mary Kill. <laughs> um, <laughs> because that's literally the three of us. And of course, of course, because we're all such professionals, we didn't have our phones on us and... Um, and then, of course, we never ended up taking the picture, and that moment's gone. But, um, but I, you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't really work a lot with either of them back then. We kind of all kind of missed each other. Um, but I've, I think I was there. Uh, I think I had like when Will was there, I crossed paths with him a little bit more. But Tamara, I, I really, I, I didn't. She came in after me. Um, yeah, she, swo- but all- she swooped in and married Bianca after yeah, someone cheated her. on her, Liz. I know, I know. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I really hope to work with them more because I've always been such a fan of both of them. And um, I also just adore them personally. And I know that uh, we would have a great time working with each other. So, you know, you never know. You never know. Put it out there. Now, someone you did work with a lot is Billy Miller when you two were at Young and the Restless. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, in a different vein than what's happening on GH. Um, so is it easier to share scenes with him because it's familiar, even if the character is new to you? Or I would almost say, like, it's harder because you just so want to make it different. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that this whole memory thing has been kind of, like, overshadowing the chemistry that he and I share together because there hasn't been, she really hasn't had many great moments to be, she's pretty annoying. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way that I feel. I'm just like, gosh, you know, she's not doing herself any favors. Not trying Um, to make friends. (laughs) Not trying to make friends here. So, um, I hope as they try to figure out, I don't really know what's going on with that storyline. And if, and and where that's really how where that's really going to go, but um, I hope for us to have you know some I don't know some scenes with maybe a little levity and see like bring back some some new fresh stuff that we could do with each other. But but of course it's always I mean it, yes it is comfortable because I've known him for so many years and um and and it's always so great especially when you're new on a show to have a friendly face and know someone that you know. You just, you know what to expect when you get to work. You, you trust them. He's always got your back. So um, all of that is like, that's, 
it, that makes it all so much easier. But of course, you just you just want to make it different because you don't want them to look at. I, I mean, I don't. I must. I don't know how it really is for um, for the fans. You know, when they have to kind of like switch gears and be, you know, if they cross over to other shows and look at them as a different character. I know, sure, it takes time, and I feel like it would be the same for me. So you always just kind of want to you know, make sure you tweak it a little bit so it doesn't just look like something that we did years ago. But sometimes that's hard because it's just, it's just like what you naturally fall into because that's, you know, how you know them, you know, on a more, a more personal level. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it, 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 it does, it does and look, feel a little bit more comfortable because we do have that personal relationship. Well, you've really gotten to work already with so many amazing people on the cast. Is there anybody oh, at so GH yeah, that you haven't worked with yet that you're looking forward to crossing paths with? Yeah, I really, I've always loved Nancy um, LeBron so much. I would love to work with her. And I really, really, really want to work with Finola. Um, I would love to work with Finola because I got to work with her and all my children. And she was like, my idol back then. I just loved everything about her from her personally to what I just thought she was like the coolest chick ever. She, <laughs> she <laughs> everything that like she, she is, but I, and I still feel that way about her. But when I was younger, I was like, Oh my God, this is like what I want to be when I grow up. She's just so rad and she's got the coolest clothes. And she got this, I mean, I'll never get the accent. She's got the accent. She's gorgeous. And she's such a fabulous actress and she's such an awesome person. Um, so I'd love to work with her and I would really, um, I, I'm, I would love to work with Michelle again. I worked with Michelle a lot when I was on YNR the first couple years, my character worked for her and I got to work for her a lot, work, work with her a lot. And I learned a lot from her. I love, um, I love Michelle. So I would really love to work with her. Um, on this show. And I know I'm forgetting people. I don't know. Everyone's so good. I want to work with everyone. It's amazing we actually so how many good. people you did work with, like to come onto a set and have so many familiar faces. You know, I think that that was the only thing that when I kind of signed on so last minute and I was so petrified of playing such a new character that was so outside of anything that I've ever played before. The one thing that I had that I was like, when I got there, I was like, why, why did I even think that I wasn't sure if I wanted to come here? This, this already feels so comfortable because I just knew, I knew so many people, you know, and I am Rylan. Um, I mean, it goes on. Right. So, uh, so I mean, I even knew Kelly, um, uh, Steve Burton. So I was like, gosh, this, this feels, I I think I'm gonna like it here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's like, it was like that. That was like my theme song walking around the studio. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I should have made that video. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I, I think the feeling was mutual, by the way, because Will told me how psyched he was when he ran into you in the parking lot. He didn't know you were coming and he was so excited to get oh, to show gosh, you around. Thank gosh I did because. He showed me where I was going. That's like the one thing when you show up to these studios, there's never anyone to show you where you're going. And they're always like such a maze. And, you know, it's it's like going to high school for the first day. It's like going to ninth grade and you don't, you know, and it's like you see like the one person, you know, coming. you're like, oh, my God, thank God. And he took me he took me through and showed me everything. And um, and uh, kudos yeah. to him. 
Yes, Kodas will. He's been awesome. He always checks in with me. He sends me sweet text messages about my work. He's he's such a great guy. Oh, that's so nice. Now, yeah. I, I know that like technically speaking, the million dollar question about Margot is, will she be able to take Sonny down? But I have a different mm-hmm. burning question about Margot that mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can help me with. Mm-hmm. How was she able to score the plot right next to Morgan at the cer- cemetery to bury <laughs> her father? What is your, what, what, explain this to me, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe her father left her a nice little trust fund (laughs) and had, and had a lot of money and was able to pay for it because, uh, I don't know. I mean, a part of sometimes I was kind of even playing like, is is she even telling the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I mean, yes, they could have walked over there and been like, ah, I don't see it. But, um, you know, was was that even the truth? We didn't we didn't see the we didn't see we didn't see anything. So is it really is it really there? Um, was that just an excuse for her to show up? Which I mean, if you know, it's very insensitive um, <laughs> for her to be showing up at a time like that. Um, well, you did mention she's annoying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was okay. You know what? Let's let's take out annoying, relentless, relentless. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. She's making her presence known. It's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I know that uh, before you got to GH, I remember you like were, you used to watch General Hospital like in the makeup room and stuff at, at All My Children. And I know that you were a Sunny mm-hmm. fan. So uh, to explain what it's like to actually be working with Maurice. Oh, my gosh. It is like the best thing in the world. I, I'm always so – I don't know if this is – if this is a compliment or not, but I'm always so impressed with the people who – have been doing it for a long time, show up to work like it's like still their first day. And I really get that with Maurice and Laura. Like, um, but Maurice has like this really cool thing that he does where you really never know what he's, I mean, yes, he plays like the, he plays the mobster like so well, but he has this thing where he like really locks in with you, like right in the eyes. And he's, when I work with him, I don't feel like, I don't want to say I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm acting like everything else kind of just like falls away. Like I can just, he like, he really, he really shows up there up, up to like, he shows up for his actors and he's an extremely supportive, um, He's just an extremely supportive co-star um, actor. You know, he like he really cares about like what you bring to the table, and he wants you to like. He loves like a good fight, but he also like loves the vulnerability. Um, I love when, and I haven't had these scenes with him, but like I love how vulnerable he gets. Like when he cries, when he was like crying about his father, I'm like, oh, like it's so. He just has this really great, like, sensitivity to him um, that I think shows up in his work that as an actor, it just gives you so much more to work with. So 
I just get to like, I think I show up to work and I think I'm like, these scenes are going to be played a certain way. And then all of a sudden something just happens that we didn't expect to happen. And I think that that's what sometimes when you do daytime, those little moments get lost because we move so quickly and we don't have a lot of rehearsal time. But um, when I work with him, those little like magic moments get to happen. And we just had one the other day, which is really great. We have really big scenes today. I've actually worked with him a lot this week, work with him like every day. So it's always like, I don't know, it just gets like really juicy and fun. Well, we cannot wait to see them because the stuff so far has been so great. And I, for one, am very excited to see what is next for Margo. Thank you. Me too. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. We will let you get to those scenes today. Yeah, it's so fun to talk oh, to you. Yeah, thanks, guys. You're very welcome. <laughs> so Have a great welcome. day. Yeah, and we'll be in touch about our, uh, you know, our, our big pitch for uh, Supermarket Sweep in Survivor Land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, Liz. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Liz Hendrickson for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.